You're listening to the Entree Spirit Podcast, where everything we talk about is related to entrepreneurship. Yes, entrepreneurship can be a crazy ride, but the good news is we're in this together. I'm Sarah Law, and here's your host and my husband, Matt Law. Well, thank you, Mrs. Law, and we want to welcome everyone to another episode of the Entree Spirit Podcast. Now, a big part of entrepreneurship is learning from other entrepreneurs. So today I'm so excited to share. We're going to be interviewing our friends, Tommy and Ashley McLaughlin. They're a husband and wife team, and they're the founders of SOAR Creative Arts Center in Hammond, Louisiana. Now, they face countless hurricanes, government shutdowns, and doing all of that with all the other entrepreneurial struggles in life. Today, they're going to share their amazing story. So stick around. We got a great show for you. You could have a job, or you could have a career, or you can have a calling. And the best thing is to have a calling. Joy is the feeling that we have from doing what we are fashioned to do. There is no such thing as failure. Learn from every mistake. I'd write down my priorities in life, and I'd get committed to certain priorities. It's kind of ironic that I'm a dropout because I, I read <laughs> More. I like to learn as, as much as anyone yeah. I know. People say you, you have to have a lot of passion for what you're doing. If you don't love it, if you're not having fun doing it, you don't really love it, uh, you're going to give up. All right, everyone, welcome back. And I'm so excited to say hello to Tommy yes. and Ashley. How are you guys doing today? We're doing fun. Thanks for having us. We are are excited. So if if just so everyone knows, these are longtime entrepreneurial friends of ours. We've known each other since when did we meet, guys? 2014. 2014. So almost 10 years mm-hmm. now. And uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, a lot's changed in 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 that time. Yes, so so why don't we get started by having you guys tell us a little bit uh, about yourself, where you're from and and different things like that. Well, I'm Tommy, and uh, Ashley and I in September have just made our 20th anniversary, so uh, definitely a lot has changed in then. Oh, thank you. Thanks. And, but I was born and raised in Pontchartola, which is uh, just a few minutes south of Hammond, where our company actually is. And so I've kind of been in the region for a while, and I did construction for almost 20 years, so I've pretty much touched several houses in the whole entire region over and over again, so... Um, and then out of just different circumstances, I met my wife out of who was originally from. I'll let you go on with that part. So I'm Ashley McLaughlin, and I'm originally from Chalmette, Louisiana. I also lived in New Orleans for um, quite a bit of time as well. And Tommy and I met at a church in, um, yeah. yeah, we got married in 2001. And so, yeah, 20 years of marriage. We also have two children. Lainey is almost 15, and Ethan is 12. We homeschool them. Um, Some background on me is um, I have an education degree, but I grew up dancing my entire life, and some of that led to our company. And part of the other half of that company is I played music in churches for uh, probably almost 30 years now. Mm. 
so so well, we're going to get into this. So so the company, why don't you guys tell us a little bit about Soar Creative Arts uh, Center and what you guys do, uh, and and kind of how it how it came to to be a business and and what made you guys so i know your backstory and how it, it kind of started but for the for their listeners how did you guys get into wanting to start a business and then let's talk about what you guys do at soar well it, it kind of started with me to a degree um you know i mentioned i was i was in construction and i spent a lot of time on job sites and i would see these guys that were like 45, 50 years old, and I'm getting ready to be 44 now. And so a few years ago when um, I actually found you um, with one of the companies that you had, and I was looking for something to go, I might need to take this time now to start looking at something different because I needed to get out of doing like a physical labor job because I didn't want to be one of these guys that was 50 years old and couldn't hardly move. And Mm so... um, but I had to have a job also that I can do from home in my off time because I still had to go provide money for the family. And actually at the time was a stay at home mom that was homeschooling our children. And so trying to bring her to say, Hey, I want to try, I'm going to give Matt Law this this shot to try this working from home. And that was a huge step to convince her. But that's how it kind of started out of, I need, I know I needed to make some changes physically before I'm told not to make these changes. Yeah, let me so, let me let me say so. If you listen to episode two, uh, I talked about a guy who came in that was a construction worker and um, and said, "Hey, Matt, is 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 anybody have anybody do you know consulting that's got a background in construction?" And I, you told me that night, this was the day before that you weren't very good on computers, and I thought, "Oh Lord, <laughs> why, why? I, I was I was like, I'm, I was happy you came." <laughs> But I don't, I like, I hope he can figure out. And you blew me away because all during that week, you had not only read the books that we encourage you to read, but you had studied the blog and just, you just were so further ahead of everyone there. And so I, another funny thing about when we met you guys is that Ashley did not want to be there. Yeah, I was not happy. (laughs) You were not happy. And I could feel your, your vibe. Uh, as I was teaching the class, but it was, it ended up being really a, a, a sweet week and to connect with you guys. And so that was, was that your first, like say, Hey, we're going to, th- we're thinking about entrepreneurship with that. That was your, your first start, I guess. Is that the, is that the, way yeah, that was the, that was the first time we had considered that. And you know, the, the prospect of doing things on your own was always kind of alluring anyway. And so it's funny that you mentioned that uh, I was so committed to education. Well, the truth is I knew I was coming from a different industry altogether. And so I kind of read all those books and those blogs out of, man, I want to come here and look like a complete fool. So I kind of did those things out of fear. Um, so it, it's funny to hear you say that. And uh, that, that story from your point of view is like, man, I really wasn't that committed to education. I just didn't want to get here and completely humiliate myself in front of all these people. Um, but it did spark, um, you know, getting into reading more books and I, I completely do that now and I still do that. And we, we continue to grow in our education just with our company and with our business. And I mean, if you don't keep moving forward in your education, you're, you're going to fail as maybe not even just as a person, but as a business as well. Yeah. Well, I I just was going to say that, you know, what's crazy is like, you, you said, well, I just, uh, you know, we're doing this. I'm going to study. I'm, I'm, you're starting a new venture. 
and you were going to keep growing. It's amazing out of the the hundreds of guys and, and business owners that we have dealt with. I mean, a lot. So many of them will just show up and expect to do well without doing any personal growth. And so for you to do that and say, I want to be responsible and be ready. It's amazing how many people are lazy that won't even put in the effort to that's learn. True. And so, I mean, that's, that's definitely why we, we, we say personal growth and education is part of someone who is entree spirited. Mm -hmm. And so you, as soon as I met you, I knew that you guys had it, um, which really encouraged us, but go ahead, Ashley. I think what led to Soar becoming a company, um, one day we were cleaning out our garage and I do have an education degree and we were looking at me going back to teaching and I just didn't have any peace about going back into the classroom. Um, our area, some things were happening in the school system that just didn't make me comfortable bringing my children back into it or myself. And so Tommy was, he, he said, Ashley, why don't you just dream for a minute? If you mm. could do anything, what would you do? And Matt, like you said before, I tend to be the realist um, in our, our family. And so my response was, Tommy, why dream? We don't have the money to do this. Why even talk about it? Mm. And um, and he, he just continued to push me. He was like, just dream for a minute. And in New Orleans, there's a fine art school that's, you know, widely known and they're really good at what they do. And we're about an hour away from there. And I'm like, but in our area, there is no fine art school. We have some dance studios, but we don't have something where multiple members of the family can take music and dance and things like that. And so it began with just dreaming. Um, I've danced since I was four years old. I was captain of my high school and my college dance teams. And I've only taken maybe three years break total. Like yeah. since I was four dancing, it's still something I love. And um, so we started just dreaming. And the next thing I knew, he was pulling up to business businesses that had like a for rent sign on them, making me look in the windows and nice. going, what could we do here? What could we do there? And mm -hmm. we only had about 10000 to start our company. We yeah. didn't have a lot of capital to begin. Right. And we were going to rent something that was pretty cheap, but parking was going to be awful. And so the next part, we ended up, next thing I know, we're signing a lease for a building. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's 1,200 square feet. Uh, we started in um, 2016. Mm. And um, it was so small. Like, you could fit five people in our lobby, yeah. the dance room. I, I don't even know how those students were doing what they were doing. It mm. was super small. Um, and our first registration, I remember Tommy's mom going, Oh, that was so great. And we had registered 35 people. 35. And I'm like, that's not even going to pay the rent. Yeah. Um, and so like that startup, he was still working a full-time job so we right. could get this off the ground. And right. at first, we didn't make any money. Well, with our other company that yeah. we got from that training too. You guys and were so, doing marketing business and trying to do that. And then, yeah. you know. Uh, and that kind of broke the ground to not make us afraid to pursue another business. Right. So right. That, that first business kind of just broke the ice and opened the floodgates to go, okay, well, you know, it wasn't that bad to really get started. It just took taking the first step. That was yeah. always the hardest step taking that first one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then by the end of that first year, we had 80 students. And so we go into the second year. And by the end of that year, we're at 150 students. And we're working six days a week. We've yeah. got several people on our staff 
started teaching different things, but we were still in that small, small location. And then a few things happened to make us grow. Yeah. Yeah. So, so kind of explain what SOAR does. So it's a, it's a creative arts center with dance, music. What all do you guys, uh, what all kind of instruction do you guys provide for your students? And art. Um, so we have three different departments here. So, um, art's kind of the one Ashley and I kind of halfway take together, but we're not really artists in that sense. And so we do try to find quality art instructors that we can kind of bring along and, um, help with the program on that part. But I do myself personally, like I said, I've played in churches and all I'm dealing with music for almost 30 years. And so I use that, um, just experience. And that was kind of a hobby that I've always done. And what's fantastic about that hobby. Now I do that for a living. And, um, you know, that's just one of the great things about entrepreneurship is you can eventually just find something that you really love to do. And if you can find a way to monetize it, then man, it's, I mean, I don't, I don't want to sound like that old cliche, but you don't really work a day in your life when you're doing right. something that you love to do anyway. Mm-hmm. And so I do that um, and head up the music department here. And so we give instructions on vocal, piano, and guitar and things. Um, and just an all-around going over music theory to give them a good quality music education. And Ashley does the same thing with her dance program. So I oversee the dance program. Um, We have a competitive and a recreational division. So currently we have 28 students that are traveling with us competing. Um, So we've been in competition season right now. And we also have a recreational program. And dance is our largest program. We have about 140 students there. Um, And then we have 80 music students Total, we run around 280 enrollments now, wow. which is a whole lot different than that first 35. Yeah. yeah. And I, I love, there's a couple of things that I really love about you guys. First of all, like in that, that moment in the garage, yes. by just sitting and saying, I was just thinking about that, yeah. you know, to have a moment to dream. Yeah. I keep saying, and I, you know, I say this all the time when Matt and I are just talking, but I've mentioned it a few times on the show. Like you live one time, right. you have one life mm-hmm. to live. And so it's, you know, and the older we are getting, the more that becomes a reality that I don't want to spend every day of life being miserable and doing something mm-hmm. that you don't care about. And so what's great is right. some of you guys hobbies and dance, like, and one of your passions, like, you know, Ashley, when, since you were a, a young child, Tommy, what you've been doing all your life, yeah. you guys are able to share some of your passions, passions. with others and, and, and monetize it and, and not work a day at your life. And so since 2014 in launching with, not, not much capital, um, a dream. And, um, you guys had two years of a little bit of business and marketing experience through Tommy's, you know, when, when he worked mm-hmm. with us, but you guys were stepping out and taking a huge step of faith. So how, how, how was that? Like, how was family? What, what were, what was going through your minds when you're unsure if it's going to make it, if it's, if it's going to make it? I was scared to death, um, <laughs> to be very honest. I still had a job, so I wasn't that afraid. So. I'm a numbers person, and so I'd wake up in the middle of the night calculating how many students I needed to make the rent. How like, And, and it was scary. There yeah. were people when we were starting out that would say, hey, you know businesses, most businesses close within their first three years. Yeah. Yeah. There was not a lot of people backing us and saying, you can do this. We have mm. faith in you. Like 
I remember a family member first time seeing our first location was like, this is super small. And like our grand opening, there were not many people there. Um, And so we were kind of going into this together, um, you know, and we didn't know if it was going to work. And and I personally was scared about it. Um, But I was very committed. So um, I started writing down the systems and the procedures and how we were going to do everything and come up with the pricing. There was no book to read of how to open a fine art school. We wrote the book. We We had to make it up one step at a time and figure it out. What curriculum we're using, how were our events going to be? And we've just continued to add to that day after day, year after year. Um, And we were still raising very small children at this point, you know, and I've loved watching our children um, come alongside us through this. Like our daughter for an art gala will go, hey, mom, give me all the decorations. I'll handle that part. Mm. Our son will grab some of the music equipment to help bring in. He'll greet guests. They both assist classes. And and they're 12 and 14 years old. And so it's been and you it's guys, interesting homeschooling the, and running a business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, this is an afternoon. You guys work in the afternoon. So that's after school, kind of like an after school. Right. So it's like this mm-hmm. year, your kids can be there all the time and be a part. And I think that's so many, so many people go to a job and they don't get to be with their kids, but you guys can go to a job and be with your kids there and, and actually, you know, that's a, that's a great way to help them learn. You know, it's beautiful. So let's talk about the journey where you started at numbers. Uh, cause, cause I think sometimes we want to, we want to be always be authentic and say, Hey, there's some adversities and we'll get into that, but let's mm-hmm. talk about the the beautiful things, the good things. How, when you started with nothing and no students, where are you guys at today in regards to the future profitability, uh, and considering yourself successful? So we started with those 35 students. Um, now we have, I count them by enrollment because one student might be taking an art class and a music class. So that's two enrollments right there. Gotcha. And so we have 280 enrollments. Wow. Um, we have about 15 on staff, another eight student assistants. Um, but we did face those hard years. Yeah. And with, with COVID and some hurricanes and some other things that have happened, Um, we are in our most profitable year this year, um, despite everything that's going on, you know, in our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, and so our next goal, and these are big God sized goals. We will see if we hit them, um, is to eventually buy our own land and make our own facility that we own. Um, and our goal for that is in the next three years. Will we hit it? We'll see. We're, we're striving for it. We're yeah. making it's steps great. every day to get there. Yeah, that, well, is, think, that is great. Think it goes back to if you don't have a vision, then what do you have to shoot for anyway? Yeah. So before mm-hmm. you set the goal, mm-hmm. you've got to have the vision to give that goal something attainable. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, you know, going just even starting in the garage with just the thought, and that was my whole thinking behind it. I'm like, forget the money. What would you want to do? Right. You know, one of the books I've read in the past was uh, – Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And, you know, he just says, Rich, his poor dad always had grown up saying, well, we can't do it, we can't afford that. And his rich dad had said, you, you could change the mindset. How can you afford that? Mm-hmm. And so I kind of took that same approach. I'm like, okay, so what would you want to do? 
and then what would it take to make it happen? Not just yeah. going, oh, somebody else can start that business. And I think the regular nine to five or W two crowds always kind of look at the business owners in the sense of unattainable celebrity status. Mm. And it's not that, that's not really the truth at all. And yeah. that's kind of the feeling I had when I first came and met you with training. It's like, oh, and I remember walking in and going, man, there's Matt Law. He's standing right there. <laughs> 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 but um, not realizing, um, just having to break through that veil of going, you know, we all put our pants on one leg at a time. That's right. Unless you're just crazy and try to jump off the dress or whatever and get it <laughs> yeah. one shot. But, um, that's awesome. You know, it, it's, yeah. it's just we're regular people that decided to, Hey, we're going to take a chance. And a lot of people don't even want to take that risk. And it was a huge risk. Yeah. Um, especially when we're signing a lease and I'm like, this lease is more than what our own mortgage was, you know? And so tell me that's huge when you're responsible. Are you work are are both you full time in this all the time? This is, this is the business. Are you, are you still a job? I came on full time with 2018. Yeah. It got, Thor was growing at a pace where, I just needed him to come alongside full time. Yeah. Um, so this is full time for both of us. Yeah, All our eggs are in this basket. You know, we made the decision with my marketing company to go ahead and just close it because what started happening is kind of like going in with the, the balance of family yeah. and business. I felt, okay, we have our family here. Um, Soar's pulling us one way and my marketing company's pulling another way. So we decided for the betterment of our family, let's close the marketing business, but we'll let SOAR, everything that the marketing company did Dude. is now inside of SOAR. So we're handling yeah. a lot of our own stuff in-house now. Yeah. So SOAR kind of absorbed the old company to a degree. Yeah, yeah well, we and it's, it's a great education. I'm sorry, Ashley, go ahead. We do our own website and brochures and, yeah. ever, and tech systems, email systems, we do it all in-house. And that all came from his marketing. Yeah. The good news is, is when you're a good marketer, you can, it, it's, it's a great education. So you have to look at it, like even past businesses or what you've been, they're all are part of the education for what's going to happen in the future. Right. You know, it's, it's all, true. it's all a growing process. I, I love that, um, that you guys are, are doing so well. And um, so let's kind of talk about some of the defining moments on your journey um, and we were we were just studying not too long ago that not many businesses make it through the five year mark, and you guys are moving mm-hmm. on, and you guys have definitely been through some hard times. So let's talk about some of the defining moments on uh, your journey, maybe some of the the struggles and the, the pains, and and some of the beautiful things too. So we're currently in year six, um, and I find that first real hardship came in our second year. So we had been where. Our studio was for two years. Things were going great. We were growing. Like I said, we had 150 students. And the suite next to us had come available. And so I went to the landlord and to there was another company that was also managing the property. And I went to talk to them about expanding into the next suite to be able to grow. And the managing company said, because your lease is ending, even though I had always paid like a month early, everything was always great on my part. They were, that company was taking over my suite and I didn't have a place to go. And so we had a few options. One, the landlord was building a new building, but it was going to cost us quite a lot to do another build out. Um, And I also felt like, in a little way, they were being bullies about it. Um, they knew that I needed a place to go, and they thought they were going to get me in this location. 
Um, our other option was to close. And our third option was to look for something else. And so we started looking for something else. We found a building that was really nice, but was way out of our price range. Mm-hmm. And so um, that real estate agent said, hey, can I show you something that's a little bit out of town? And we're like, yeah, we'll take a ride. And so we found this location that was just basically a shell of a building that we could design how we wanted to. Um, and it was going to be 3,000 square feet. And so wow. this is, you know, ending my second year. And it was great, but again, I'm a numbers person, and I quickly realized that the income that I was now getting from store, I was going to lose moving mm-hmm. to this new building. And um, we took a huge leap of faith, and we found on the new location and built it out. Yeah. And that year, going into year three, we had an additional 90 families come aboard wow. at store. Yeah, and, that's awesome. Which was was a huge, just you know, God's faithfulness through it. But also, um, we had to learn how to run a company that was large, like really, really quick. Yeah. And because um, our old building had two studios, the one we're in now has three music studios, an art studio, and two dance studios. So six rooms are going at one time, um, and it was a huge learning curve. So I think that was the first big. That's adversity a, that we had to overcome. That's a huge thing with, with right. landlords. And I, so you start a business, you think, but a lot of people don't think about leases and, uh, you know, legal stuff and systems mm-hmm. and people, there's a lot that goes into it. And so that is, that's huge. And so you guys, uh, sometimes I think a lot of entrepreneurs want to go into something and just know exactly what's going to happen. I mean, training entrepreneurs, they always like, Hey, is it, how's it exactly going to go? I says, it's going to be different for every single person because there's different right. situations. There's different locations. There's di- people. It, it's a, it's a crazy ride sometimes. Success is spring struggle too, yeah. because just like what Ashley said, you know, they got more students, but then they had to figure out more there. It brings more mm-hmm. responsibilities and more um, staff, more yeah, staff and, and those are hard things to figure out. But mm-hmm. so at this time, Tommy, you're still working, helping to get sore off its ground. You guys move. When did you quit and, and when did your job and, and go on full time? Was it after you guys got into the new building and it started to grow? Yeah, it was after we got into the new building. And so I think in 2017, and a guy I had worked for doing construction for almost 20 years. I mean, he, he was a fantastic boss. Um, never raised his voice or anything like that. It was Especially in my younger years. I mean, I was 19 years old starting to work for him. And, you know, so I got to watch him and his kids grow up. And, you know, when I started getting to the same age that he was when he hired me, you know, uh, that relationship was just like, man, if he can do it at that age, why can't I do it at this age? But, you know, I ended up talking with him and he was fantastic and great. And, um, I still stay in contact with him to this day. And, um, you know, he, he actually let me off three. I I was only working part time for him. I was going to work for him for three days a week. So he let me off for two days to pursue my own company. And so that's where I started kind of easing into, so I'm going to do this here. I'm going to do that there. Um, you know, Ash was talking about we did the building layout and all. I put my construction skills to use, and I drew out the floor plan for our current building now. And and so that kind of I kind of weaned off of the full time position. It wasn't a cold turkey kind of deal. He was super great with that, and 
Uh, I guess when I kind of went full time was in 2018. We just opened the brand new building, and um, that happened to be also at the same time of my 40th birthday. You know, and he even came to the 40th birthday party and got to do our new building and things. And that's where I kind of came on full time right. with that season. Um, I mean, that was a huge step. And I remember going, uh, I also played with the band as well. And so we were actually heading out of state to go play a few gigs and just being able to go, hey, I'm leaving. Well, who do I got to ask time off and get permission for it all? I'm like, nobody. Yeah, that was the first real. That yeah. was my first real venture on my own. I'm like, I don't have to ask for time off. I don't have to do anything except just. All right, Ashley and the kids, I'll see y'all when I get back in a week or so. Right. Um, you know, because we're going all the way to Kentucky, and um, just it was amazing. Yeah, the that, freedom. Yeah, the even freedom. Uh, even with its challenges, uh, even with homeschool, but the freedom just to pick up and go, and yeah. you don't have to talk to anybody. That's, sometimes it could be a cursing too, because when other people that might not be as um, forward thinking or entrepreneurial thinking, trying to do things and you go, okay, I'm getting a little impatient with you now. just do this and, and move forward. Um, that, that is some of the cursing a little bit of it, yeah. but you know, the freedom was just so it's even hard to, to put into words. Yeah. Really just after, after working a job for a long time, it's, it's so amazing to have that freedom. So it continues, the business continues to, to do well. Uh, and then I know in the last few years, there's been some really, some really big struggles. And so, so the fact yeah. that you guys are having your most profitable year is huge, especially considering what, you know, what the last few years have, have, have brought. Uh, so maybe so talk through those leads us into COVID and the COVID shutdowns, you know, we're a recreational company. Um, so there's a lot of people that come through our business and, um, it was in March when the, we had the government shutdown begin and we were really hoping that it was going to be for two weeks. Um, cause that's how it started in our area. It was going to be a two week shutdown. And within a week, we kind of started getting vibes that it was going to be longer. And so we brought in our music teachers. We had five of them at the time. And we got 80 students on Zoom lessons for keep doing music. Um, and then we also, this is where Tommy's edu- like just continuing education. He learned to video and edit and all these things. We made 60 YouTube videos of wow. dance videos and art videos that you had to have an email link to get into. Um, and so we were... We were determined we were going to make it through this. Um, at wow. the same time, my mom was one of the first few people to enter the hospital with COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and while we were shut down, my mom passed away from COVID. Mm-hmm. So we were getting hit from the personal side. Right. We were getting hit from the business side. Um, we even did a sponsorship program. These, this was one of those things that I was like, I don't know how this is going to work, but I'm going to try it because people were losing their jobs around here and they were starting to call and going, we want to continue, but my husband lost his job. And so we made a sponsorship program. Um, There were people that donated for our kids to continue lessons um, from Texas. One of our teachers at the time had been an American Idol contestant that was on, um, you know, she, she had a career 
sewing in front of her and people knew her from that. And so they were contributing because they knew her. Um, there were friends and, and family from all over the place that were starting to contribute. But even in the midst of that, we still lost a third of our students. Um, but we, we minimized our damage from that. You know, as I said, after the first week, we were getting inklings of this could be a little bit longer. And, you know, part of being an entrepreneur, one of the things, especially for new entrepreneurs, um, this might be a good tip for, is don't wait on other people. If you wait on other people, nothing will happen. And so we didn't wait for the governor or anything like that. We took the proactive approach to go, hey, we got to take care of ourselves because nobody else is going to do it for us. You had to to go ahead and try to figure out other ways to generate revenue. Yeah, yeah. So how long, how long was this shutdown for total? Two months. Two months where no one could come in at all. Mm -hmm. And you guys, Mm -hmm. you know, how are you going to generate revenues? Two months without revenues for businesses could be devastating. Right. So we had good families that were still, you know, paying their tuition. And so we would try to do, and you know, Madam Living Proof, so to to answer the question, can construction guys be productive in this Mm -hmm. kind of business? It really depends on the person. Right. Um, mm. It doesn't have to do with your background or your education. It has to do with everything with your drive. Yeah. Um, right. Are you willing to continue to learn? Because, look, I mean, some of the things you taught me in training, I don't fear computers anymore. And so I became a videographer. I learned how to do editing. Mm-hmm. And right. I'm talking about all within like a week's time. Mm-hmm. I ended up having, and at that time, because everybody was going online, I was trying to find ways how to skirt around getting supplies because trying to get different cable connections and everything was all in short supply because everybody was bonded up because yeah. everybody went online. Right. So things were, were scarce. Yeah, I, so I found ways around that to do that and just moving forward. But we had to take it upon ourselves. We have to do this. And then I actually came up with the great idea of, you know, if something happens hard, keep pushing forward. What can we do? And it makes you tap into your brain and yeah. go, we're not going to sit here and be victims on this. We're going to, mm. we're going to move mm. forward with this. I and love, she came up with a great idea yeah. about the sponsorships. I love what you said about like, Hey, you're living proof. I think people wait for permission. Like when someone mm. says I'm good enough, or I'm smart enough to be an entrepreneur, then I will like, no one's ever going to say you could do this. No one's ever going to give you permission to step mm. out in mm. faith so and to true. try something. You have to just say, you know what? Screw it. I'm, I'm going to try. I'm going to do the best I can. It, when you're waiting for permission if, to be good enough or smart enough to start, the, you'll never be there because you, it never comes. It never comes. You're always growing. Right. So well, it's that, easier to, um, if you mess something up anyway, it's easier to ask forgiveness than permission. <laughs> that's, that's true. So we get through COVID. I mean, we're still not all the way through, but I mean, you're on the other side of that last, last year and things, seem to go, yeah. go well, are, are, are still doing well. I mean, we had a conversation, I think before, before last summer and you guys mm-hmm. live in a really difficult state. Like we live in Florida, we are all familiar yeah. with, with hurricanes. And so last year was another huge blow for you guys. Tell us about that. So we start watching Hurricane Ida, um, and they kept saying it's heading more to Baton Rouge, and we live east of Baton Rouge. So to be very honest, we weren't that concerned. Like, Well, we were still on the bad side of the storm. Yeah, like we knew we were going to get some rain, we were going to get some wind, but we really weren't concerned. Well, the storm did not jog west like they thought it was going to. So the eastern eye wall hit our community, mm-hmm. and... Um, 
So our little, the place that we're living right now um, has a generator. So our home became the place that people were stopping to get supplies, get a shower, things like that. We, um, the company closed for three weeks during that time. And it was the biggest infrastructure damage that we've ever seen. We, um, we've lived through Katrina um, up here and Katrina was bad and all too, but as far as damage to structures in our local area, Ida was worse. Um, And so a lot of our families got water in their homes, a lot of trees through houses. It was bad. Um, bad. And so we come out to our building and we're praying the whole way, you know, Um, and we don't have any damage whatsoever. However, it took three weeks for the roads to get somewhat passable and to get electricity and all of that on. And you, for guys, a company you guys didn't like have electricity us, or, or what was not it like? Store. Not, not l- electricity or internet. How long did that take to get back at your home and at the, at SWAR? Um, internet was out for a while. Even, I think I was even texting you through some of that time frame. And at, to a degree, texting was the only form of communication that you can even get out. Yeah. And so that made it difficult. Um, just, you know, and one of the things about living in Southeast Louisiana and the, after living through Katrina, cause we're like, Oh, that's pretty bad. So we're like, Oh, this would be another breeze or something like that. But you know, this one actually hit at a category four. Yeah. And I remember the next morning trying to get to my parents' house just to see the damage. It took me like an hour and they only live like five minutes away, but yeah. it took me an hour to even get to their house because every single road had at least a minimum of two trees down on it. Everything was impassable. And so even a couple of weeks later, they still, some roadways are just now open up the full two lanes because they have a more trees getting cut down and things like that. But uh, power poles snapped everywhere. So uh, Katrina barely did our area any. I mean, we had some damage here, but it was very minimal. This one destroyed our whole entire area yeah. from trees to power poles. I mean, they actually ran into a shortage of transformers because yeah. so many had hit the ground or just blown up uh, through all the high winds. And so it took almost right out a month for not only just power to get restored, but then internet was lagging behind that because of, um, for people that might have underground services, yeah. a lot of our lines, which I don't understand, to well, be it, honest, it impacted ground. Yeah, so the internet guys couldn't even get their job done until the electric guys finished their part because they used their poles. So yeah. electric was first on a priority list. Then and, internet came in. And it impacted all of you, not just your business, but impacted all your customers. And so oh, the last man. thing they're, yeah. they're probably saying is like, hey, let's go to dance class or let's go to, right. to music. So, so did you guys lose customers? Kind of how did you guys navigate that? Um, we didn't charge them for the weeks that we were closed. Um, Soar probably took a $20,000 loss for those, that time we were closed. Wow. You know, that's coming right after COVID. And we had right after COVID, we had to deal with all the restrictions of the different venues. So we couldn't open up full capacity right away. Like some wow. of our music recitals, we could only have 75 guests. So we were doing double the work. Or, the or, yeah, double the expenses for not, you know, the with, same profit. With half capacity. Um, but yeah. we were just determined, you know, yeah. to, to make it through this. Um, yeah. And so our families decided we didn't charge them for that time. But it's amazing that after COVID and after 
Hurricane Ida, this is such a safe space for our students that they want to be here. Yeah. And so the moment that they could get out of their houses, you know, because they had been with their families now for a month, schools were closed, everything was closed. Yeah. So the moment that we reopened, everybody was pretty much back. I'd say from Hurricane Ida, we probably only lost like two families because, you know, they they couldn't afford it at that point or whatever. And some of those had extreme damage to their homes. Yeah. yeah. So that became a different priority. And so, um, and then one of our venues got damaged as well where we hold our dance recitals. And so we just found out two months ago that we are going to be able to hold our dance recitals there. Um, so we were working on plan B and, you know, where could we hold all these dancers somewhere else? So we're still, since 2020 when COVID hit, we've still been on that uphill battle. Um, yeah. Just it's either COVID or it's restrictions or right now something we're facing is some um, shortages. There's a paper shortage that I was not aware of that we couldn't get all of our piano curriculum. Mm. Um, costumes and, you know, shipping issues have been a problem. So I ordered costumes before I received money from our families um, to make sure I had everything in on time. And actually the last costumes arrived this week that I started arrive, ordering in September. Wow. Um, and so we are still battling, you know. Um, yeah. But I say all of that while saying we're having our biggest year yeah. um, and just finding yeah. ways around things. And, and there's there's got to be a reason why to keep battling. And for us, we love our students and we love our families. They're, they're great. Um, you know, I think of when I lost my mom and the company was closed down. A number of our families, without our, us knowing it, they made this basket and they put things in it for our children. They put gift cards to places where mm-hmm. you could order out food. Um, they put money in it and everything. And I go to bring like the garbage out from our house and I almost trip over this basket <laughs> that our families had put at oh, our doorstep, you know, yeah. and those just continue to to give you that passion to keep going. Well, you guys em- embody like, I. Uh, so if you're an entrepreneur listening to this, I, they embody what we, what we consider uh, entrepreneurs or the spirit of entrepreneurs where they are, doing something that they love. So they don't, you know, they're on mission. They're, they don't yeah. have to set the alarm. Oh, I don't want to go to work today. They, they love right. it. They have the attitude that no matter what they face, they're going to overcome. They're mm-hmm. growing. They're talking about vision in the future. These are the things that, that we believe make the entree spirit. And so I love that. But what's, themselves. yeah, just, but what's crazy is like, there's no one tells you, Hey, get ready for a hurricane and COVID. Like over the last couple of years, like there's no warning sign there. The only warning sign is, Hey, you're going to have trouble. If you're starting a business, prepare for the unexpected. It's, it's going to be a a challenging. Right. So they're not wrong. Um, Plan for the worst and hope for the best. Right. Mm -hmm. So I got, let's get into some more practical questions here. Uh, So can you briefly tell us like, what, what do you think your biggest mistake has been? Uh, as an entrepreneur, and um, what did you learn from it? For me, my biggest mistake is not putting boundaries sometimes on the company. Um, Soar could take over everything that I touched. Like there was a mom and um, love her to death, and she she just honestly asked me, she goes, hey, Ashley, I want you to do private lessons, but I only have like Friday night and Saturday available. And Soar's now 
probably when I began, I probably be like, sure, what can I, I'll make it work. Um, I didn't put boundaries on the company when I first began. And now I'm like, I've got Wednesdays at 6.30. Will that work? You know, um, I, I'm still learning this. I tend to be a workaholic. And so going this, it, I've left for work for the evening. By this point, it's 9 o'clock at night when I'm usually leaving. Um, I'm going to put my children to bed and I'm leaving it for until tomorrow um, has been a mistake of mine because it used to be somebody would send me a message through Facebook or whatever, 11 o'clock at night and I would respond. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of times I was responding so I didn't have to do it the next day. It wasn't something else I had to remember, but I'm still working on that family work balance of sometimes putting the company away because they're, is always someone calling. There's always somebody inquiring about what we do. Um, right. We have an incredible office manager that has just grown with us in the company. Her name's Shannon. And I used to answer every email that came through. And now we've got this running joke that I say, forward to Shannon, because um, yeah. like, I'll get an email. And I'm like, no, Shannon can answer that. She can handle that. And well, so, and it's easy when you love balance. love something like your company. It's like a baby. You guys birth created the logo. I, I, you guys have grown this thing and, and been through storms with it. So it's it's hard for it's easy to be all in all the time, and it's actually really hard to shut it off. You think, well, if I'm on a tour, I'm, I just want to have my own company. I'll never want to work. But no, if you love what you do and it's your you're on mission, then you you it's easy to become a workaholic, like you said, and you mm-hmm. have to set boundaries. Otherwise you will really compromise some other areas of your life. Uh, mm-hmm. that's a, that's a great, uh, a great that tip. That's a great tip. Um, really. Yeah. And I think we both share in that same mistake on the balance. And, you know, for me, I, I used to work every single day during the day, then come home. And so one of the things that probably one of my biz- biggest mistakes is not necessarily in the business of SOAR itself, but more of in the home life of okay, so when are you making lunch or dinner? Because that's what we have done for 20 years because I went to work and she was at home with our children. And so she's like, I need more help with this and that. And so, <laughs> yeah. you know, just that whole learning of being married and working together. I mean, so the good thing is, is that the family's together every single day. But it's also the bad yeah. thing is, is the family's together yeah. every single day because we hold school yeah. also. Yeah. So we're all there 24-7. So. Yeah. That was probably one of the, that was more difficult than running parts of the business to a degree, just mm-hmm. because actually I worked completely different. Like I said, I came from the job site where we had radios going, power tools in the background, very noisy guys cutting up and making jokes back and forth where she, she was, she grew up and I was, I came from a family of four, but she was an only child. So she was used to this silence and everything. And so being at the house, I'm kind of always, now that I'm home all the time now or working on the business, I might have a radio playing in the background. She's like, you need to be quiet. I'm trying to work and just figuring <laughs> out how yeah. each of us, because we're so different personalities on how we work. She can't right. focus with noise and I can't focus without noise. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> well, that's great. Mm, that's, that's great. I, I, you know, it's a journey like learning and figuring it, it out in, in, in finding margin and, and just getting on, on, on the same page. 
I think in our early years of entrepreneurship, we definitely, I definitely was more of workaholic and, and I, I was thinking about just the statement for the entree spirit, like the, the entree spirit has satisfaction in its work, often leading mm-hmm. to seasons of imbalance. And there are seasons, um, that you can just, it will feel like, it'll feel like a hurricane for you guys have been through a hurricane. We have been through, uh, you guys have been through many hurricanes. So have we down here in Florida and it feels like chaos. So the whole world is crazy. Supplies, electricity, yeah. power. It's mm-hmm. it's miserable. And I I I like that in comparison to entrepreneurship because it can feel it can like f- the world's spinning yes. really hard and out of control. But it it has to be a season. Otherwise, it would it would eat you alive. But the the rewards far outweigh the craziness. So you know, uh, people are are well. Go ahead to, to add to that craziness. Um, one of the things that we didn't mention is as, as we were learning how to do videography and, and those things, we ended up having, uh, it was 2020 season, right? Mm-hmm, 2020. We ended up having our recital in a gymnasium of a church. And there was a local church that was gracious enough because everybody was scared to let everybody in. Because not so much that they feared the virus or anything, they feared legal repercussions because we might let these people in. Right. So mm. there was this one local church. It's like, Hey, if you just bring in one class at a time, um, you can use our gymnasium because we, for us, we actually plan so far ahead because that's one of her giftings on as just the administrative part. She plans so far ahead that we already had everybody's money for recital. And now here we are not allowed to go into our venue. Right. And so Sheesh. not only being closed for two months, we were looking at the very prospect of having to refund all this money that we've already spent towards the venues and all, because right. we had to get costumes and, and backdrops and everything else done. And we're like, um, if we have to refund all this money, that'll close our business too. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. we started looking around and we just, I ended up building fake walls and uh, one of our families uh, did some hobby photography. So we used all for backdrops to make the back of the stage and, um, getting LED lights to shine to change colors for each dance or whatever, and using the cameras. Now, here's the tricky part. So that was a challenge enough in itself, but after the filming and all was done, I'm back at home editing everything, making the show out of all these clips of dances that I've taken and trying to make a show on it that we were loading up on USBs and handing out to our family. So mm-hmm. you got a show, we did all this extra, so now we don't have to refund, so we saved our company in that fashion. But I was going in for rotator cuff surgery because those 20 years of being on the job site, I was starting to become that broken down person. <laughs> and yeah. so I needed some repairs. And so I didn't finish. So even having to move forward, I got my, and I'm a right-handed person. And so I had my right arm in an immobilizer sling. So I couldn't even move it at all. Having to learn how to use the computer with my left hand yeah. from a guy that a few years ago when I met you barely used the computer and didn't even know how to turn one off properly without pulling the plug. Um, so now I'm learning how to use the computer left hand. So, yeah. I mean, just challenge after challenge. But you now know, it's funny because yeah, I, I'm the tech guy now, and that's the craziest thing. Yeah. Well, I, this is what I love, like, because you guys are doing above and beyond, trying to serve your customers, fighting for them, for locations for helping them with technology over delivering value to them. And so when you do the best you can, then, then you have the opportunity, like if, if when you really care about your customers to receive grace, when things aren't perfect and yeah, it shows that really good family. Mm-hmm. it shows that because of people are, 
the, the basket they, of gifts they gave you, just them trying yeah. to be faithful, the, the, the sponsorships. And so treating your customers uh, are uh, treating your customers great is so, so important. So we're, we're, we're kind of running out of time here, but so let me just ask you a, a couple mm-hmm. you know, quick questions here. Um, what's the biggest tip you would give to an entrepreneur who's struggling, who's in the middle of a hurricane or in the middle of, you know, something like you guys have been through, what's the biggest tip you would inc- say to encourage them? Well, Matt, you had just mentioned about doing the best that you can. And I think that's what every entrepreneur needs to know. Do the best that you can. Even in that, there will always be somebody that thinks you can do more or you didn't do something right, didn't do something good enough. If you're doing the best you can, put those people out of your mind. Don't, don't let them discourage you and bring you down. And it can be hard. I mean, some of those things are very hard. I'm like, I'm doing all I can. But at the end of the day, if you're putting your best forward, and then that's what you have to live with. Yeah. Um, move forward with that because there will always be at least 2%. I know there's people out there that have the 80-20 rule and things like that. But there's always going to be somebody no matter what you do. Yeah. There's always a critic. Just, yeah, there's always oh, yeah. a critic no yeah. matter what you do. Just right. do your best. If you're doing your best, then you can sleep at night. Yeah. And that's one of the that's big good. things I would say. Sarah, I think of something that you had mentioned about, you know, thinking it's only you only got one life to live one of the re- things i thought a lot about that helped me move past fear with starting store is i didn't want to look back over my life and go what if i would have tried mm. you know what what would it have become um and so i still think about that to this day yes. you know my my students i think of everybody from the art music and dance about how much they love tour. And if we just gave up, what those kids are losing mm-hmm. and the relationships they have built through here, um, the, our families are very close to each other. And, and I love that. And so I always think of that, what if I would have never tried? Right. What if tour wasn't around, you know? Because one of our things in the dance department is we believe in modesty here. And Dance has a bad reputation of some of the costumes these kids are put into or the steps they're doing, and we're different. Where would these kids be dancing right now? Mm-hmm. What would they be doing? And so you've got to keep that that vision in front of you. And don't be afraid way. to be different. Yeah, mm-hmm. to step out. Yeah, that's, that's good, guys. Great, great. Go against the grain. That's great yeah. wisdom. So as we close out, uh, if there is somebody that wants to connect with you guys or visits, uh, you know, or have their child that's in the, the Louisiana area where your guys ham in Louisiana, how could they get in touch with you and, and, or maybe connect uh, with your business? I'd start on our website, which is www.storecreativearts.com. Um, that has a lot of in- information on all of our different departments. Also on our social media, our Facebook page and our Instagram page, we're constantly posting videos of our students and information about registration. We also have a blog on the website that even says how to register. There's contact forms. Um, that's where I would start learning about the company. And that's S-O-A-R, like an eagle. So, okay. Yeah. So I'm going to try to put S-O-R-E. I'm like, no, that's when you get older. You get sore. <laughs> yes. We're going to dance these kids so hard so they're sore. <laughs> yeah. so they're like, so they're sore. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you guys uh, so much for, for joining us and, and, and catching up. It's always it's a pleasure to just you know, talk and just hear about your guys' journey, which I'm, I'm super excited about your future and, 
and all that um, you guys have planned. It's I, I know it's going to go great. I know I just know. Thank you, Matt and Sarah. Thank you so much for having us. This has yeah. been a truly wonderful time. It's been our pleasure. Yeah, it's great. Awesome. Well, it's our mission here at the Entree Spirit Podcast to encourage entrepreneurs. So, if you found this episode helpful, we would love it if you consider sharing the podcast with others. It would mean so much to us as it will help us reach other listeners. Another way you can help is by leaving a rating or review wherever you listen to this podcast. We also want to let you know we have some great news as part of our podcast launch. We're giving away 1,000 copies of our new book, The Entree Spirit, The DNA of Self-Starters and People Who Get Things Done. So we've purchased 700 redemption codes uh, from Amazon where you can redeem it on your Kindle. And we also have 300 newly printed paperback books, and we are giving them away for free. So when you fill out a form on our website, we'll email you over the redemption code. It will be added to your library. We'll also ship the paperback book to your home or business. You only have to pay for the postage and the envelope. So this is a full-size novel that outlines the DNA of self-starters and people who get things done just like Thomas and Ashley. And we're excited to share that it's also available on Audible and iTunes today. So if you're interested in claiming your free copy, just go to entrespirit.com forward slash free. That's entrespirit.com forward slash free. It's important to note that this offer is only valid in the USA because Amazon will not allow us to give away redemption codes outside of the USA, something to do with their laws. Also, we wouldn't be able to affordably ship the book outside of the United States, but you could still pick up a copy on Amazon. As we close out, just want to remind you that three, Theodore Roosevelt once said, far better to dare mighty things, to win glorious triumphs, even though checkered by failure, than to rank with those poor spirits who neither enjoy much nor suffer much because they live in the gray twilight that knows not victory nor defeat. The entrepreneur's life is uncertain. It's pages to be written as time moves forward. There will be moments on your journey that you'll do great and enjoy great success. You'll bet on yourself, defy the odds, and like Tommy and Ashley, you'll win. As Roosevelt suggested, there will also be setbacks along the way, and your wins will be checkered by failure. Don't give up. Never, ever, ever give up. Remember, you're not one of those poor spirits who live in the gray twilight of fear. You're an entrepreneur. Have a great day, everyone. You've been listening to the Entree Spirit Podcast. Be sure to pick up a copy of our new book, The Entree Spirit, the DNA of self-starters and people who get things done. For behind-the-scenes videos and more free resources, please visit EntreeSpirit.com.